0: Good evening. That was a hearty welcome. <laughs> Let's try that again. Good evening. Yeah. Hey, that's better. That's better. Right. I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed that, that time of worship there. And I, I whispered to Lynn and I said, the, the lectionary reading tonight is what we've just heard. Notice I said the lectionary reading. I'm really getting into all this <laughs> Anglican terminology. And you know what? I got a funny feeling that God wants to speak about something that's not in the lectionary reading necessarily. I mean we've had the lectionary reading, but you know, I don't know about you, but I just wanna make the most of Jesus tonight and the cross because, you know, all the songs that we've been singing have all been about the cross and the blood of Christ. And for me it just stirred up something in my spirit that just excites me again. At the wonder of what God has achieved for us through Jesus on the cross. It's just absolutely amazing. It takes me back to when I first believed and everything was so fresh. To to realise that there is a God in heaven who loves us to such an extent that he would absolutely sacrifice his very self... To allow his son Jesus, who is with him, right from the very beginning of time, to die on the cross for a, a sinful person like me is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. There's so many religions in the world today that people follow. But yet I can't think of a single one who has a leader like Jesus, who actually could come down onto this planet and live amongst us in the flesh. And be tempted in every way and yet to be found without sin in order that for no other reason that people like you and me who wandered far away from him, who had no time for him, could be brought back into his family and know him as our loving father. The miracle of the cross is just absolutely fantastic. It supersedes everything. Everything that we see in church, all the trappings and all the traditions and all the rest of it, are mere just dross in comparison to the supremacy of Christ. There is nothing like the cross of Jesus, the blood that he shed on Calvary. The Bible says that he endured the cross, scorning its shame, so that for the joy set before him, he might be able to see those come to faith through him. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You know, I wasn't born into a Christian family, as many of you know. Not a church-going person, not a religious person in any way, shape or form. Never really had any time for for faith and and stuff like that. I just thought that we was going to be, you know, living here, we die, and then who knows what happens. It's a lottery. But I realise now that there's more to life than just what we see around us. There's more to life than just accumulating wealth. There's more to life than just being a good person. There's more to life than, you know, what it is we're able to to achieve, how good we might be in a job, how many children we might have, whether we attend church on a regular basis. There's something that just goes far beyond the things that we can feel, see, touch, taste and hear. You know, we were made in the image of God. You know, even that is just an incredible thing. It's a miracle when you think about it, because we've been set above the animal kingdom so that we could have a personal relationship with him. We've been made not just as flesh and blood, but we've got a soul and a spirit. We've got the ability to be able to actually commune with our Father in heaven. You know, it's just incredible to think that, you know, we could go through our whole lives living as miserable sinners, and yet at the end of it, we can still reach out a hand, and God can still extend his hand, and he can still set us free. My grandmother, you know, I think she died when she was 97, and she resisted every attempt that God ever made, I think, throughout her whole life to sort of yield to his grace and become a Christian. And when I became a Christian, I used to read the Bible to her, And she didn't mind me reading the Bible to her, but whenever I sort of broached the subject about her, you know, giving her life to Jesus, she would never respond. And then one year, I was in Africa, and uh, I was there, and we was doing stuff in Africa, preaching and all the rest of it, and I got a phone call to say that my gran was uh, very ill, in fact, seriously ill, and she wasn't all that well before I went, and so it really kind of shook me a little bit because there was that realisation that I could be in Africa sort of like 3 or 4,000 miles away and my grand would die without me being there and I knew that if she did die she was going to die without having accepted Jesus Christ as her saviour and I just prayed I got on my knees and I asked God to just save her until I could come back and so we carried on with our tour and all the rest of it I always had this in the back of my mind and Praise God, she managed to hold on till I got back. And when I got back, I think she was in hospital and uh, she was approaching the end. And let me tell you that someone can live for 97 years and think that they don't need God. But when they're approaching the end and they're on a deathbed, I tell you, things can change. Things can change because a person realises then that for all their lives, even though they lived separately from God, there becomes that stark realisation that you may just may find yourself dying and finding yourself in a place without God. And that is a frightening situation to be in. Even the most hardened atheist, I believe, on their deathbed has seriously got a question whether or not the whole of their life has been worthwhile when it gets to that place. And my gran was no different. And I remember that when she was in uh, in bed in the hospital, I went and I spoke to her, and I didn't even have to ask her if I could pray for her because she asked me to pray for her, because she knew that she was approaching the end. And she knew that she wanted to end her days knowing that her sins had been forgiven. And it was such a beautiful moment because I prayed with her and she accepted Christ with tears in her eyes. And she knew and I knew that she passed from darkness and into light and from death and into life. And the victory was so sweet because for 97 years, Satan had held her in the grip of his, of his fist and had her bound with so many fears and all the rest of it. And on that day, she, she was set free by the blood of Jesus. And that's the reality because what we're singing about tonight are not just simple songs. We're, we're singing songs that are talking about something that's, that's real Something that actually happened in history, that Jesus came down and died for us so that we could be set free. You know, when I got set free by the blood of Jesus, when I, you know, turned from my sin and asked him into my life, my life changed. I cannot believe for the life of me how anybody could not believe in God. How can anybody not believe in Jesus? You know, you've even got to look at creation and God is everywhere where you look. His hand markers everywhere. I, I, you know, I know I'm babbling. and I, <laughs> I know I'm going on. But what I'm trying to convey to you is the wonder of the cross. The wonder of the blood of Jesus. You know, we come into church... Most Sundays and we mouth certain truths and all the rest of it and we go through the motions and we can walk out of there exactly the same way as we walked in. But God wants us to walk out of this place on a Sunday completely different from the way that we walked in. He wants to change our lives. He wants us to experience who he is. He wants us to know what heaven is like. He wants us to experience a taste of the kingdom of God now. That's what he died on the cross for. You know, when they went out and they preached to all the people, when Jesus sent them out and they preached that they repent and all the rest of it, they preached because that there was a reality in what they were talking about. There was an absolute reality in it. Maybe we, I don't know, we're not going to go to the lectionary reading and if Pads wants to tell me off, he can tell me off. <laughs> let's, let's be a rebel. Let's be rebellious because, uh, sorry? Sorry? <laughs> Because I really just, I just really want to talk about Jesus. You know, I want to read from 1 Colossians, chapter 1. Because when the music was playing, this was the, the passage that came into my mind. And I whispered to Lynn, as I said, and I said to well, her, I don't think I'm going to read the lection rereading reading tonight. Sorry, Pads. Sorry, Lord. I'm going to read this. Now, this is about Jesus. This is about Jesus, and this is what he's done for us. He rescued us from the domain of darkness. And He transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, And through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven, and although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his flesh, in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. Isn't that fantastic to think that we were dead in sins? We were lost and without hope. We were in darkness and without hope in this world. And God knew that we could never save ourselves. We could never be good enough. We could never keep the commandments. The commandments were never there in order for us to be able to keep them. Because God knows full well that we can't. The Bible says that even if you break even just one commandment, at any given moment in time, it's like you've broken them all. You can't work your way into the kingdom of God. No matter how hard you try, no matter how many traditions you try to to look, look out for, you cannot do it. And you'll tie yourself up in knots trying to do it. But Jesus had a much simpler way. A much simpler way. What we were unable to do ourselves, God done through his son Christ on the cross. What you and I were unable to do, God did. Because God knew that we couldn't work out our own salvation. God sent Jesus. It's by faith that we're saved. Through grace. Through grace. And that, not of ourselves, is the gift of God. It's not by works so that any man can boast. It doesn't matter how bad you are, and probably even more importantly, it doesn't matter how good you are. I mean, how good can you be to be good enough for God? Where do you actually draw the line? How do you know when you've become good enough? How do you know when you've reached that mark? When, when you think about it, what we're talking about, a God, we're talking about a God who is holy. He was set above the heavens and the earth. Is there anyone here that can actually, in all honesty, say that not only have they kept all the commandments, that they could even be good enough? You can't. But what you can't do, God has done for us. But there is one thing you can do. There is one thing you can do. And maybe this is where we go back to the lectionary reading. Jesus sent out the disciples and he told them to preach about. uh, a a message of repentance. Repentance is a word that we don't use very often nowadays. When I became a Christian, you know, preaching the gospel, repentance, it was very much more at the forefront of my thinking back then 20 years ago than what it is now. But whether we like it or not, we have to respond to the message that we hear. You know, God has done his bit. Jesus has died on the cross. Now, you can either accept that or you can reject that. If you reject that, that's fine. You can walk out of this building and you can carry on just the same as you always were. But you'll always live in doubt because you'll never really know whether or not you have been... You'll, You'll never know whether or not you've got a relationship with God. You'll never know that. But i tell you one thing you can do, and it's what I'd done 20 years ago. When I heard this kind of message, I realised that I had to do something about it. I realised that I couldn't carry on living the way I was living before. And there was a challenge set out before me to either walk out of the church that I came in the same way or to walk out a different way. And I decided that I wanted to walk out a different way. I wanted God in my life because I wanted to know his love. I wanted to know his forgiveness. I wanted to know the reality of God in my life because for all the time leading up until then, I I just didn't know that. I I just lived with pain. I lived with uh, different things in my life that came from my childhood that caused me nothing but hurt. I wanted to respond, and the way we respond is that we repent. We repent. Repentance means is that when we hear the message of salvation, we have to not only change our heart, but we have to change our mind. And it's as if we're walking in a certain direction, and suddenly we come to the cross. Suddenly we come to the cross. It's like a crossroads. And we have to decide whether or not we're going to go back the way we came, or if we're going to carry on with God. And if we're going to carry on with God, we've got to stop right in our tracks. And we've got to turn around. And instead of going our own way, we've got to go God's way. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. I'm not just talking about the breath that we breathe. I'm talking about all the trappings that come with the lives that we lead. All the things that we surround ourselves with, with home and with family and with possessions and with church and all the rest of it. God wants us to lay all down at the foot of the cross. Because we came into this world naked and we go out of this world naked. You can't take your riches with you. Someone once said about someone who was a really rich man, whose name I can't remember, how much money did he leave? And the answer is he left everything. Because he can't take it with him. The only thing that we can take out of this life is the knowledge of whether or not we have made Jesus our saviour or not. This town, this country, this world needs a message like this. A message of salvation. Because when you put on the news, when you read the papers, you realise the world is drowning. People are drowning because they're looking for so many things in so many different areas. They're trying to find a lifeline. They're trying to find something that they can hold on to, whether it's fame or riches or whatever it might be. They're trying to find something that will give meaning to their lives, that will give them validity but this earth is passing away and everything with it everything that you see is going to be destroyed in fire everything that you see now is temporal the only thing that has any value is the invisible because the invisible was eternal the only thing that really matters is what you can't see and what you what not what you can see so my challenge to you is you know I feel that God really wants to get on someone's case tonight. You might have come in here tonight thinking that you were going to just sit through a church service and sing some songs and maybe pray some prayers, but God wants to do business with someone here tonight. God wants to arrest you tonight. It's almost like you've been hijacked. You came in here thinking you were going to do a certain thing. And God's got a very different plan for your life. Tonight could be a night that you will look back on and realise that this was the night you really got born. The night you got born again. And that's not him, by the way. (laughs) So let me leave you with that. Let me leave you with that challenge. Think about... Think about your life. Think about where you've come from. Think about all the years that you've lived. Think about where you've been up until this present moment in time. And ask yourself, ask yourself, has any of it really amounted to all that much without God in the midst? Has any of it really made much sense? Have you often looked around and asked yourself, what is it all about? Well, maybe tonight could be the night where you find out. Not because of listening to me necessarily, but because somehow there might be a still, small voice just whispering into the recesses of your heart and calling you and saying to you, now's the time. Now's the time. Now is the day of salvation. The Bible says today if you hear his voice, Don't turn away because today is the day of salvation. Let's bow our heads. Let's do something very un-Anglican. Let's bow our heads. Because I really want to make some space for the Spirit of God to move amongst us. And I want to ask you. I want to ask you to consider the cross of Christ. I want to ask you to consider your life, who you are, where you're going. I want to ask you, are you really satisfied with the life you're living? I want to ask you to consider, is there more? Have you ever asked yourself, is there more? And if tonight, if tonight you want to respond and you want to say to Jesus I want to give my life to you and start afresh I don't mind if people don't do this but I want to ask you to just raise your hand and I'm not going to identify you to anybody but afterwards if you do I'll get pads and uh, the curate whose name I can't remember Carol Uh, To come and pray with you. So let's. If there's anybody tonight, if you want to reach out to God, if you want to hold God's hand, if you want to know His saving grace and His healing touch, then just raise your hand, even if it's only six inches. And I promise you that tonight you can walk out of here with your sins forgiven if you can just reach out to him and ask his forgiveness. Right. Okay, thank you. Well, thank you for listening to me. I know it wasn't the lectionary reading, but uh, as I say, I just felt that that was something that that God put on my heart to do. And I hope that's okay. And I hope you didn't mind listening to me banging on.
1: (laughs) Thank you. That's fine. Thank you, Chris, um, very much for that. Um, Thirteen years ago, I was on a business trip to South Africa and... And I wasn't, at that time, a churchgoer, and I didn't believe in God. And a friend of mine called Chris, who I went to stay the night with, took me to a little church in the African bush. And on that morning, somebody stood up and gave a message rather similar to the one Chris has given um, this afternoon. And the person who was speaking invited people to... um, as it were, put their hand up. Wasn't, they, didn't quite, they didn't ask that, but they invited people to consider asking Jesus into their lives. And I knew that God was screaming at me to do it. I knew that, that he had his hand on me that morning. But I didn't respond because I was terrified. It was I'm British, I don't do that kind of thing. Um, after the service had finished and I knew I'd met with God and I knew my life would never be the same again I walked up to um, the person who'd been speaking and I told them what, had, what was actually really going on inside me and, um, and that day my life changed forever so what Chris is talking about is real and there may be one or two people here tonight who have a sense that God has been speaking to them and over the next um, we're going to have some more music now and some songs and um, over that time, um, as we worship, I'd like to make an invitation to anyone who, it, you may, it may be that you would like to really make that invitation to invite Jesus into your life tonight. It may be that you have a sense that, although you've done that before, you've been going through the motions for a number of months or years, and that you want to recommit yourself to Jesus. And if you'd like to do that, and, and, and pray with someone um, I'm going to be um, o- over here as we sing, as we worship just um, come up and um, one, one or two of us will pray for you if you'd like to do that um, but let's, Adam, over to you